Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host. Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that and my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Could you please elaborate uh, in your experience what, what you have heard are the most common uh, trauma things when, when, when people in, in, in their finances... I'm asking this because I am a tax accountant and I have realized that most of the bad decisions that people make are because of, the, of they are, of they are in, a, in the wrong emotional state. That's right. For the most part. So you're a tax accountant. Yes. And you, so check this in. Verification. I love data verification. Okay. <laughs> people make, tax accountant says people make bad financial decisions because they're in a what? In a bad emotional bad state. Bad emotional state. So they're not, they don't have affect regulation. So if you're in yes. a good emotional state, you make better decisions. Yes. Because also, when you're in a down emotional state or triggered state, your executive function skills out the door. You're not in control anymore, right? Like whenever I get triggered or in like a little bit of a tense moment with Jenna and I realize like, oh shit, I'll go, no one's flying the plane right now. I gotta go. I gotta find my pilot. I'll be right back. Which means like my limbic system has hijacked my prefrontal cortex and I'm not like thinking things through well, right? So usually with finances, it boils down to maternal relationship, right? So like, like if I cry out as a kid and my mom is not there or no one's there for me, usually it's mom, okay? Like Freud, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> That's what Freud said, right? <laughs> right. So, usually mom, and because she's the one who's supposed to be emotionally attuned with you before the age of two. If you cry out, she's not there. You get the message, my needs aren't going to get met. And that directly spills over into finances, hmm. right? And depending on the person, usually it might be I'm going to give this away to other people. I don't deserve to have it, 
whatever it might be. I'm disorganized with it. Um, but typically it's an attachment pattern issue that has to be healed. So the way that you heal it is you look at those interpersonal dynamics and then you bring them to light and you say, hey, so you realize that like your mom was never there, but money can be there for you. Okay. And that can be actually scary for people to actually keep it because the other shoe is going to drop. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what have you seen in your experience in terms of why people have a hard time? Uh, it's mainly with like debt. Debt. Uh, people, especially in New York City, people are trying to show their best and they, feel like, and they feel like by just overspending or buying things that they cannot actually afford yeah. are going to make them feel better and get the job they are actually looking, looking for. That's right. So, and they continue to wrap them, themselves from their future earnings by, right. by continuing to borrow. So, so let, me, let me clarify. So she's talking about debt. So you're talking about like a Dave Ramsey style debt, right? So like if you're going to go into debt because you want to get the latest Louis Vuitton dress, right? Unless that dress is going to get an ROI, maybe not. Maybe not, right? But like for us, what I did was when I realized we're going towards trauma, I know I work best in intense environments. That's what I create. If I don't have intense environments and we just keep it going, I'll never create the new shit. So you know what I did? I took all of our best-selling stuff and stopped selling it. What did that do to our cash flow? Right? So I took out loans over a period of about 12 months intentionally to subsidize cash flow, but I hate the feeling of being in debt. So what did I do? I used that to make some shit that sells. I leveraged my nervous system in the right way. And, you know, all that shit's basically paid off now. So the idea is, is that like, that's intentional use of debt. Sometimes you have to use debt to grow in a business, but that is all about approval. Mm-hmm. I need someone else's approval. If I, if I look the part, right? I wear the same shit all the time. I could wear, <laughs> I could wear the latest cutting edge, whatever. There's a, what's that Instagram account? Like preachers and sneakers, right? There's this new Instagram account, preachers and sneakers. And then they show how like different preachers wear like $5,000 shoes and they show it and stuff. Whatever. I don't care. But it's, it's interesting, right? And like, I could, I could definitely wear that stuff. But the reason why I don't is I want people to focus on what I'm saying, not what I'm wearing. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're buying stuff to get other people's approval, then you're really just in emotional debt manifested as uh, financial debt, right? When you realize I don't need the approval or look a certain way to get love, that's a perfectionist thing. That's when that type of stuff can start to heal. And that's certainly like an attachment issue for sure. So yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Who else? <laughs> yeah, we'll go right here. Hello. Hello. I'm a little nervous. So my question is, I'm having trouble starting, like all together. Starting what? I, I keep on telling myself I don't know, but I, I know deep down that I do know. Know what? Know that I want to help people get resources to heal themselves. Okay. I know that's very vague, um, as you're racing vague. Um, what would you start, though, if you were going to start something? I, I want to start a podcast. Okay. So why don't you? I'm afraid. Of I don't what? know why. Uh, putting myself out there in that way. How do you know that you're afraid of putting yourself out there in that way? I think of being rejected. How do you know? I don't. Um, What's the feeling you feel when you think about it? I feel super threatened, even saying it out loud. Where? Like all over my body. Like mostly where, though? In my chest, my arms. Like chest right here? Is it mostly my chest throat? or mostly arms? Throat. 
throat right now. I'm having trouble speaking. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job speaking. <laughs> Thank you. And is she safe to speak here, guys? Can we let her know, please? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was it ever uh, dangerous for you to speak up? Yes. When? Uh, I, sorry, I'm even having trouble speaking. Um, you're doing great. In it, like a very traumatic situation, like sexual abuse as a kid. As a, as a young child? Yeah. So without getting into the details, was it family? No. Was it friends? Yes. And was it once or on like, A couple chronic? times, yeah. So what was hard about using your voice in that time? I, I felt threatened. I felt pushed down, covered. Did they, did they, did yeah. they spill over your mouth? Yeah. Like and I can, I can even feel the pressure like, on my chest right now when I'm talking about it. Yeah. So let's take a sec. Let's orient it for a second, okay? First of all, thank you for feeling safe enough to share your story here. It's really important. And that's no small thing. And what you've been through is no small thing. Okay? And you're in a safe place. Okay? Okay, thank you. So I just, feel it. Let's just thank know that. You. Okay. So, and thank you for talking about it because oh, not yeah. enough people do. Yeah, no problem. Um, it's like not really that scary. It's scary to hold it down, you know? So where's your body right now? Here. I feel here. Where? In a chair. I feel my foot feel on the grounded? ground. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're not like out here somewhere. No, I'm here. Okay, that's really good. What sensations do you notice in your body? Um my face is hot. I'm that's a good. little embarrassed, but not. I feel good. I feel like I'm getting my voice back. Cool. So was your mouth literally covered? Yes. Like this? Yes. And like were they were you told like don't say anything? Yes. Okay. And yeah. what was the payoff for you to be quiet? Um I would be safe if I was quiet. That's right. What would happen if you were loud? I like fear my life. Yeah. So um, we've had many clients, uh, mostly women, who have been in similar situations. And in that exact moment, the thing is, it's actually a really smart thing not to speak up. Right. Because it's like keeping your body safe. Now, it's a really shitty thing to be in because that's like forced immobilization. And the thing about like a lot of traumatic experiences like that is they're immobilization with fear. I'm right. being held down and being forcibly immobilized, right? Like forcible, forcible immobilization. Immobilization is like some of the worst torture you can do for people. And if you think about like the worst thing you do to prisoners, solitary confinement, immobilized by yourself, forcibly, right? Mm. Now, what's sort of strange is that the good stuff in life is immobilization without fear. A hug. Right. You know, I was reading uh, The Body Keeps the Score, and I read that book all the time, mm -hmm. and um, I, something jumped out at me that last time it didn't jump out at me. And uh, they were talking about like like little moments of like kinetic and like somatic touching and how important they are in relationships. And, like one of the psychiatrists who's like 80 years old was like, I think the thing that gives me the most like calm in my life is when I go to sleep with my wife and her butt is on my back. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, like like that's the psychiatrist takeaway, right? It's like get, get put your butt on my back, you know, like I love that, right? So like those are like, and if you think about it too, a lot of times, you know, like it's a somatic touch like that that was traumatizing. But then we also want somatic touch in a good way. And so the body has a hard time telling the difference between the two because over here it's painful and dangerous and over here it's what I want, right? So it's, it's confusing to the body. So one thing you have to do is give yourself a lot more experiences of immobilization with safety versus lack of safety. Like you ever see like a cat or two cats like curled up together and they're all just like in there or like you see like a dog that just like has like a big smile and they're just kind of there. Like two people who are kind of like looking at each other in that certain way. You're like, oh my God, that's amazing, right? What you're seeing is immobilization with safety. 
Look at that lover's gaze. He's got a look in your eye like, hey, I know you. <laughs> right? That's all immobilization with safety. So what's interesting is what's traumatizing is immobilizing and what's healing is immobilizing. One of the reasons why meditation can be so hard for people is not because they're racing thoughts. Mammals like us are not biologically wired to be still. Stillness equals predator eating me, right? So sometimes it's just calming down that survival response. So have you done any trauma work on this? Yes. What have you done? I've done like EMDR and the tappers. So how's the EMDR for you? Um, it's good. I like it. It does process things quickly. Do you want me to follow you? Well, no. I'm just, I'm wondering though, like, is there, it's good, but? No, it's definitely good. Um, I've done like a bunch of work, like somatic work with like different, I've bounced around from therapists too, trying awesome. to get different perspectives and that's views. Great. So the hard part then is that's all great stuff. And by the mm-hmm. way, it's, it's not so much EMDR that's good or not good. It's a practitioner. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I have like myofascial release practitioners I work with. Amazing. Others, like, don't touch my body. <laughs> Even though it's myofascial release, don't touch me. Right? Where other people, it's like, oh, yes. Like, sometimes, like, one of my practitioners, Allie, when I'm around her, my body's like, just unwinds to seeing her because I feel so safe around her, right? So it's not the modality sometimes as much as it's the practitioner. So that's why I was checking. So, so what, you're, what you've done is you've, like, you've created what I would call, like, a trauma list where you know what happened. And mm-hmm. you've done some somatic work in terms of feeling, like, where am I in my body? And where is that? And I can talk about these things without necessarily maybe being completely re-traumatized again, which is heroic. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. That deserves a round of applause. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Like, like being, going through what you went through is not an easy thing. Okay. The next level then is being visible. So what's interesting about, and this is where like you look at like uh, Bessel van der Kolk or Dr. Stephen Porges or the EMDR therapist, this is where they stop and I pick up mm-hmm. because I'm not going to, I'm not someone who's going to work with someone like an acute trauma. It's not my thing. My thing is once you've gotten some kind of self-agency, have you ever heard that term agency? No. So agency is like self-control, self-empowerment is like really the technical term, mm-hmm. self-agency. Okay, yeah. Sometimes like, do you ever get like angry? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so sometimes, especially with trauma survivors, right? When they get really angry like that sometimes out of nowhere that's actually a powerful feeling for them and they feel in control it's called that's a way they can get self-agency meaning i'm going to be in control here and sometimes that's the only way they know how to get control is if they're mm-hmm. angry because certainty anger go together if you look at the biochemistry of anger it's identical to amphetamines yeah right oh, powerful which is way better by the way than i'm pinned down immobilized mm-hmm. with my mouth shut okay so what happens is as you start to speak up, all that programming, have you ever been diagnosed with anything? Just like high anxiety. <laughs> so just, is it general anxiety or yeah, is it general PTSD anxiety, or what? Just general anxiety is okay. the only diagnosis code okay. on my... So I'm not going to pick that up and start to use it as a diagnosis for yeah. you, but what I will say is when you have that sort of hypervigilance or hyperarousal where you're, there's a lot of anxiety, it's hard to tell the difference between an actual threat and a real threat. You can't tell. Like everything kind of looks like a big threat, Right. And what starts to happen is a lot of times when you start to become visible again like that or you move forward in a bigger way, the nervous system response is, they'll hurt you again. Mm-hmm. They'll hurt you again. And I had a client once who, similar, except for she was in the basement and her, she was surrounded by people doing all kinds of bad stuff to her right above her in a floor that was very thin, the family and safety. But she did not speak up because she feared for her life. 
in that moment, amazing decision for safety. Fast forward 30 years, not so much, right? Mm -hmm. And what she realized was, you ever want to get back at them? Sometimes, but mostly just I want to ignore him. Like, pretend, like, I don't want to confront him. I'm not saying confront him. I'm just saying get back at him. Like, like, would revenge ever feel good if you could really get it? Like, if you put all the therapy aside for a second, just really tapped into your emotions. Right now, yes, but that's the first time I've ever felt it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's work with that. Okay. So the best way to get revenge is success. Because one of the things that helps someone like who's in your position make the leap to the next level is to realize the reason why you're not moving forward is because that person is still influencing your decisions. Right, yeah. Does that make sense? Like they're winning in a sense. But when you realize like, oh my God, the best way for him to not win anymore is for me to be successful. That's me defying him. That is a very powerful thought because you want to celebrate what motivates you. So what's coming up as I say that? I feel like I can relax a little bit now. How come? Because I never thought of it that way. How come? Because I guess I was always running away from it as, as long as I've known it. Well, and also, I get the impression that you're someone, you probably can figure out some shit about him and maybe why he did that. I try to, yeah. So there could be some compassion there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a beautiful thing, but f- that right now. <laughs> okay, like now is not the right. time for that right now. You can have that still, but right now, one of the things that I think is dormant in you, and I could be wrong, but probably not, is anger. Yeah. I just tried to do an anger workshop a couple of weeks ago. How'd that go? Uh, Actually, there was part of it that was really good because there's a lot of somatic work and like anger creates creativity and that Mm -hmm. like it starts, you know, the process. But yeah, yeah, more work to do. (laughs) Did you get angry? Yeah, I did on different things, mostly at work, but yeah. Okay. Like what, like show me an angry face. (sighs) I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know. Can I show you an angry face, yeah. but you know Please. I don't mean it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go far away so it doesn't look scary. Okay? <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That's some f-ing anger. Right? So something like that. Can mm-hmm. you harness that or no? Um, yes, but not right now. I noticed you kind of like... Yeah, I feel like, like a little uncomfortable, but... Yeah, like yeah. I can be pissed off. I'm okay. Well, pissed off is different. Yeah. Okay. True. And pissed off is even also different. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I can be pissed off, right? Like I got you. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. Uh, especially women's anger has been really like, ooh, uh, not welcome. Right. True. Okay. Uh, Rebecca Traster wrote a great book on the transformative power of women's anger, uh, which is very powerful. Okay. So I'm not saying that you're an angry person. What I'm saying is, is that my hunch is that you don't let yourself feel the anger because you can understand why. Yeah, and it feels a little uncontrollable sometimes. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so sometimes depression isn't depression, it's just held back anger, right? So where is it safe for you to feel angry in your life? I don't know. So probably nowhere. Right, yeah. Is there anyone that you can be angry with and it's okay? Um, I, I can't think of anyone. So, no? No. So, I, what, is the, what is the pulse of anger like in your household when you're growing up? Very passive-aggressive. Meaning what? Like, but would anger be rewarded or would it be pushed um, down? It would be like, I would be abandoned. 
So what would happen if you got angry? Someone so would like if you? I ever had a problem with any, I'm generalizing, but if typically when I would have a problem and I would, I was very vocal, defiant, as you would say, um, I would, my mom would just like storm off. So your mom can never handle your anger. Yeah. Because she can never handle her own. So you've never had a container yeah. for anger. So see, one of the things, uh, and this is not the time, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll kind of give you like a little, uh, just some Homework. context. So, so when we do like our trauma processing workshops and we go really deep on things, um, seven days deep dive, people release all kinds of somatic things. What I do is I just don't move because no emotion can f*** with me. <laughs> Angry, sad, catharsis, psychotic break, what the f*** ever, I don't care. I got it, right? One time I had a guy had a break on me and his pupils were all f***ing dilating <laughs> and shit. He goes up to me and he goes, Mastin, I'm Jesus. <laughs> and what I do is I always go into agreement like that and I go, Nice to meet you. I've been waiting for your return. <laughs> Immediately broke his break. Immediately. Because he's like, no, Mastin, tell me I'm Jesus. I'm like, what's up, man? I know you. And right back out, right? Sometimes that shit happens for lots of different reasons. But you need to have someone who can ha hold that for you. Where you can be angry and have it be okay. Because anger is not abandonment. Because underneath anger is sadness. And underneath sadness is an unmet need. I sound like Yoda. <laughs> Path of the dark side, that is. You know? <laughs> right? Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to hate. You know? <laughs> but it's true, right? It's true. Right? So, so underneath that sadness is an unmet need. And sometimes you can't get in touch with it unless you get angry. Now, here's the thing, okay? The person who hurt you, did he ever get angry? Yeah. He did. Uh, he did, yeah. Okay. So, Aggressive, yeah. Yeah, okay. So... Message for your nervous system. You're nothing like him. There's not any part of it that's like anything like him. It's not going to hurt other people if you get angry. You're not that scary. I feel that, yeah. What are you doing with what I'm saying right now? It's something I, did, I felt a click to. Like, I felt like something just like moving around. What moved around? I feel more relaxed. I feel less afraid of being angry. I'm not right now, but I feel like I could be. You could be, <laughs> and that would be okay. Yeah. Right? So like kickboxing class, like something like, like go yeah. get it out of your body. It's okay. And is there anyone in your life that you could set up to say, hey, I need someone that can just hold some space for me when I get angry? Yes. Okay, so go to that person, let them know that we had this conversation, make them watch the replay, <laughs> okay, and set them up so that you can be angry there. But like, you gotta get it, it's in your body, you gotta get it out. You're not gonna be abandoned. Because here's the thing, like, for people who are supposed to be there for you, unlike, you don't choose your family, but you can choose your people, right? right. So, you know, when I'm experiencing it with a client or even with the people that I love, and I'm not triggered, which is a different thing. And if I have a heads up, then I won't be triggered, right? And if someone comes to me that I care about and says, hey, I'm going to process some anger with you. Can you hold space? Way better than, hey, fucker, right? <laughs> like way better, yeah. right? <laughs> but I'm really good at holding space because it's just like no one ever died from like expressing somatic feelings. What we die from is repressing them. Yeah. Right? So what you want to be able to do is express that. And here's the thing. I guarantee in some of the podcast stuff you want to do, there's probably some shit you want to say that's probably a little divisive. Yeah. Is that true? True. So your Very. listeners your listeners won't abandon you like mom did either. 
Okay, so what we uncovered is a couple things. One, using your voice is how you heal, and it's how you get back at him. I like it. Yeah, okay, so celebrate <laughs> what motivates you. The second thing that we learned is, is that expressing your anger does not have to lead to abandonment if you set the people up in your life who care about you to know that, and if you can do some somatic work to get it out of your body. Like, like seriously, like 30 days of kickboxing, okay. you'll feel way different. I'll, I'm going to do it. Yeah, and like let it out, because mm-hmm. what you'll eventually have is a catharsis. Yeah. You know what that is? Not Catholicism. Release? Like the release? Yeah, not Catholicism, Catharsis, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have is, some of that too. Yeah, so it's a, it is a somatic release. And the thing is, is that if that happens, maybe it's like, you might want to look at some body work. I love John Barnes' myofascial release for that, to like release some of the somatic stuff. Like if there's any body workers, you probably had people release somatically on you before, right? So like you, the issues are in the tissues, right? So you want to make sure that you have that. And the other thing is, like, in terms of business, that's why we offer what we offer in terms of the ROI stuff, because it is a trauma-informed business approach. So we can help you navigate that stuff in the context of business, which is different than a therapist who's doing it in the couch. Right. I'm not against it. It's just we want to move it forward because your nervous system, because of your trauma history, will want to immobilize. Please, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, totally. It's just automatic. It's a part of the you know, polyvagal syndrome and stuff like that. So it's not unfixable. And you're showing a tremendous amount of resilience and courage just by sharing your story here. I'm super grateful for that. Thank yeah. you very much. So, I appreciate uh, yeah, it. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank you. So to recap, okay, using your voice is how you heal. It's how you get revenge. Woo. <laughs> so when, what's one thing you can do in the next 24 hours to use your voice? I feel like I want to like, just like put up like a po- podcast, but I know that's cheating. I guess maybe I should do it. Yeah. Instagram Live. Yeah. That makes me so uncomfortable, but yes, yeah. I will do it. Every time you do Instagram Live, you say, <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You got it. Let's hear it for you guys. Thank so you so much. So, so, so. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world and I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, we'd very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we'd very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify and we'll see you in the next episode.